could I be so blind if there's a big chunk if I don't stop? The next one's gonna be me. Everyone's going to fall down like a toy soldier because it's only a matter of time. Now, speaking of time, speaking of time, now I have many, many times before said, uh, you know, I've always told you what's coming. I, I have said it so, so many times. And a lot of people are like, oh, you're just that. And it's like, stop. The reason I'm telling you is, you are the ones that say that the future is proving the past. Well, how's I tell you, how's I show you, right? How's I show you that um, <laughs> the insurrection, yes, that insurrection that everyone keeps talking about, what happened on January 6th? Well, maybe you'll realize who really planned it by listening to my show from October 30th. Remember, I told you, there's a reason that people don't report what Millie put out, what I've been putting out, and here's why. Take a listen. Round of happy making, and he will send his goons after you if necessary. For more reports, you can go to band.video or millennial. Yeah, she needs to change that because she's not with InfoWars, but she needs to change that. So this is from two months ago when they kicked it off. Before that, we talked about it. Before that, there were more videos. And today, people have decided to do it. Why? Not because they wanted to, but because they got caught trying to take the story and say that they've infiltrated the movement. I'm, I'm letting you know. And I've said this before. <sighs> And I hate it when I, I loathe, and I hate the word hate, I loathe when I, um, I am so black-hatted. <laughs> but, man, that is just, that was wrong. That was very wrong. That they would silence questions and do things like that. I mean, <laughs> same, same people. And it had to be done. I mean, even this morning when it, you know, Steve Bannon, who I have amazing respect for, played her clip and said, you know, yeah, she's got the receipts. And there was Jack Posobiec and, and, and Steve Bannon clearly said, yeah, so you've sat in on these Zoom calls. No, he hasn't. I know everybody's name who was on that Zoom call vetted down to the personas. Nobody else was in there. So he's lying to other reporters saying it's his, but that he's helping Millie in some way. Please take a walk. The thing is, the good news is, is that it's out there and the news should be out there. It should be out there, period. Because this is horrific. Now, aside from what they're trying to do, this coup, right, which is a very big problem in regards to unrest, right? We don't need that unrest in our nation. We need safety and security. That should be the first thing everyone, everyone that is a reporter, that is working within the government should be doing first is what? Making sure that the people are secure. We should be united in that. We shouldn't be separated in that. Again, these people are armed. I told you that it, the real work starts after the election. Uh, after this election, up until he gets put in, 
right, to office and sworn in. This is where the real work is. They want blood. They hate you so bad, so bad they want blood. And for me, the fact that the mainstream media, there's two, there's two things. And I want to say that the first one that I'm going to say can't be true. Because if it is true, none of them should be doing media. So the first idea is, oh, well, they don't want to, you know, you know, they don't trust Millie's or yours reporting when nothing has been wrong. Nothing. Okay. Let's pretend that's something petty. But the other thing is, what if they didn't want to report it because they wanted another Charlottesville? Hmm? What if they didn't want to report it because they wanted another Charlottesville? Now, I told you that before the elections. See, this is where it comes down to it. You have to ask yourself, okay, let's say that they're petty because they think that they're real reporters with real inside knowledge, right? Let's just pretend that they're just salty because they want to fabricate the truth of where their sources are coming from. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, let's pretend that it's something so petty. It's not. On October 30th, 2020, I told you that those within our movement were the ones that wanted another Charlottesville. Did we not have it? on the 6th of January. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And so this is something that everyone needs to understand. This audio is from October 30th, 2020, when Jack Posobiec had gone on Bannon and Bannon literally called him out. Like, Oh, yeah, you had that map. Oh, yeah, you had that video. Oh, yeah, were you in the Zoom calls? He wasn't in shit. We were. Now, why would they do that? Why would they try to attempt to take the narrative? Well, they discredited Millie. They've been trying to discredit me. Like, there's losers out there <laughs> still talking about that fake-ass website, fake-ass website, claiming things I've never said to make their point. Watch me work now, bitches. Watch how I take down the people that infiltrated us. You cannot utilize the people to advance your agenda. There should be only one agenda, and that is to ensure that every man, woman, and child in this nation is free. That's it. Let's not forget who Jack Posobiec was. Remember, he started the whole rape Melania thing, right? Remember? Now, I'm going to, how do I say this um, the best way I can say it? In order to fight any war and how you win any war is by subduing your enemy without fighting. And this seems so counterintuitive, right? So bad. But the perfect warrior will have never fought a real battle. And that is something that even Sun Tzu says. And the perfect commander, right? The perfect commander is also one that never has to lift a sword. So skilled that there's no need to even deliver the kill shot ever, right? That's how you win a war. When you don't have to take the kill shot, do you know what you do? You let them kill each other.
Now, that's the only way you can show the truth. See, if you have 10 people, 10 people that have been put in place to destroy whatever attempts our nation's people have been attempting to achieve, which is to take hold of their local governments and actually govern themselves. Something we started here over a year ago, and now everyone is playing catch up. Like I said, they would. Remember, I said, they will be doing what you are doing later because they have no idea how to fix this. They all pretend. They all think. I told them, hey, you're going to be reporting everything I put out. You are going to be uh, following and getting sloppy seconds if you don't get on board. People are going to know exactly where you sit if you don't come to it now. But now you see all these uh, digital red string theories and alleged uh, reporters, investigative journalists telling you what? Get into your local community. Go to your school boards. And it's like, bitch, that's old news. We've been doing that for a while. You guys have set up state rooms. You have been doing this all this time. You did this, not me. You did this. Now, I told them to work with the people. I said, you should work with them. You should get in there. Everyone should totally get together and get this done faster. It'll be a lot easier. And if you supposedly have all this influence, you allegedly have, do it for the good. Help the people get together. But no, they wanted to be the hero of the story. Look at me. I broke the story. You didn't break shit. So in war, the trick is to never lift a sword. In war, the trick is to never, you know, when you're a good fighter, right? Because I invented the irregular warfare you guys are seeing now. When you're a good fighter, you know exactly what to do to pull a pin and let it all come apart at its seams. You're going to watch them scatter like roaches. Oh, all these dates. Well, (laughs) The minute I get notification that the domino's been kicked, and I think it's going to happen in the next 48 hours, I'll let you know. Well, I've already told you. Let's just put it this way. Because by the end of the week, you'll be seeing exactly what kind of shit show I'm talking about. And the only way that we can actually fix the situation that we are in is not by exposing the Democrats and pulling their pants down. They do that themselves. They tell you exactly who you are. They're not <laughs> your target. They're like they're like low-hanging fruit. Ocasio-Cortez, no. So she's, she's a meme on her own. She tells you who she is. Pelosi, we already know who that bitch is. She needs to be held account- accountable for her crimes. Schiff does too. All of them do. That's a different ballpark. But the fog of war that you are in is what I called what? An infodemic. Didn't I coin that last year in February and said, this is an infodemic, not a plan, not a pandemic. It's an infodemic of a plandemic. Infodemic. You have no idea what is going on. This is information warfare. Infodemic. You don't know how many died. You don't know how many lived. You don't even have an actual live virus. You don't know if the vaccines work. You don't know if they do. You have no idea. No idea. 
You're confused. You have doctors coming out, doctors not coming out, doctors sort of coming out. Uh, you have hospitals kind of coming out. You're getting paycheck. You don't know what's going on. You have no idea. <laughs> you're literally confused. And that is exactly what they wanted. Confusion. They wanted confusion. And I said that right before the lockdowns. I even told you that there were going to be lockdowns. <laughs> not when they were doing it. But two years before that. A year before that. And then days before that. Now, while many of these uh, alleged influencers and reporters and public figures tell you, you must be the enemy because you're trashing us. It's like, no, you are the enemy. Like, for example, someone sent me a video of these losers. And I'm not going to name them because there's no point in doing that yet. And I actually whispered to them on Twitch. I said, you've just discredited yourself and your friends that told you to look into something like that crazy account. What is it called? Methods just set you up to look like a loser. See, they do that. And then the guy was complaining about it, right? Then there's other people, they're like, Millie and Tori said General Flynn is in it. And it's like, Millie and Tori didn't say that. Why would you say that? That's a flat out lie. See, this is how they work. I'll put it this way. When they came after Millie, right? And they came after me, right? And they came after Berkey. But, you know, they left him alone. Because they know that he's got fixation. And that's a good and a bad quality. We'll talk about that. But what they did was they attacked Millie when she was weakest, right? When people raised money so that she could pay attorneys to defend herself. All of them started attacking her credibility. Came out with some crazy ass stories. Knowing that they've just... They've just put her in a box. They were even demanding that people take back their money from helping her. Then when they came after me, they came after me with recycled shit, shit that had happened again and again and again, stories being made up, holding me accountable for other people's actions. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, is my name so-and-so? No. Did you hear me say that? No. Then why are you saying that I did? Cause you're a liar. So they had put, well, what people think, put us under their thumb, right? Strike you when they think you are weakest. Well, bitches, now I know you're weak and watch me sway because everything's going to come down. Now, while many people are talking about what Patrick Berkey's been saying, I've been very adamant of it. General friend was set up. I've got three years of shit that says that. So, Patrick is Patrick. I'm not Patrick. Why does everyone just assume that what he says is what I say? Anyone that knows the dynamic between all of us is that we don't agree at all on many things. You've heard us argue. I respect the crap out of Patrick. And he can say whatever he wants. And I love him just as much. Doesn't mean I have to agree with him and doesn't mean that I won't tell him off. So for anyone making assumptions, when I've lost my job 
for General Flynn. He's a loser. And obviously, death rattles. Because you just lost your, what, what is it called? Your gravy train, right? <laughs> your fucking gravy train's gone. And the thing is, I could have just pulled the pin and did this and did that. And you know how you guys like attack some guy that took my real story as counter, counter up against me and made claims, right? Made claims. Remember, I think I had said my, my show was incredibly downloaded from air from Arizona in one at one time. And then suddenly, you know, I'll leave it at that. So target fixation, it's something really, really important and we should talk about it because this is what everyone suffers from. It's a psychology. It's a trait that people have, um, you know, obviously these, uh, red string losers and people like Tracy beans who think because they're friends with someone that makes them important. It doesn't, you're riding somebody else's coattails cause you're suck. Um, you know, all these people that are riding other people's coattails have nothing to offer you but somebody else's coattails secondhand. Well, why would you need that? You can go directly to the coattails themselves. Now, while everyone is talking shit, right, you need to stay focused. And to help with that focus, I'm really going to help with that focus. I'm not going to tell you how. Well, I can't know. How's this? I don't know how to put this, <laughs> but you're going to watch them all pull their pants down and throw each other under the bus quick. And that's not talking about the red string theory, people, you know, the digital red string, pulling it out, making you look nuts, right? What you're going to see is exactly who paid for January 6th. I'm going to let them all pale their pants down and throw each other under the bus until the last group of people are standing. Oh boy, wait till you see what I had. You know, no matter how patient you all see me as patient, right? Uh, knowing, uh, you know, you, you'll say that in writing. Damn, you have the patient of the saint. No, I don't. I do not. I do not, but this week is going to be fun. I really wish that stuff like, oh, well, no, it can't. See, I don't want to taint the 4th of July. That would totally suck. Maybe like July 1st is better, right? Let's kick the month off nicely since we're going to get beaten up pretty brutally in the summer. Um, but this is how you're going to see it. You're going to see them destroying themselves and I want you to have this picture in your mind for those of you that are listening while you're destroying yourself and I'm making it so that you can't even fucking defend yourself. That's how awesome it is. Well, per se, right? Hypothetically speaking, could you imagine being in such a box that you can't defend yourself? <laughs> Cause if you defend yourself, you're committing a crime. Ah! So watch me work. Watch me work. Because all you have to do is let the minions and the gatekeepers throw each other under the bus. And then you get to the Wizard of Oz and pull that curtain back. So I want you to envision that smirky face, right? That's going to be me. 
I'm going to totally enjoy every single moment of it. And one would say, well, don't say it. I won't, but you'll see it. And you're going to be like, damn, how did that happen? Damn, how did that happen? And that'll be just, um, you know, a bit of a taste. I'm not going for your red string gang. <laughs> They'll actually retract every single fucking thing they said about me. You watch. Because when they see who, what, when, and where is going down and how quickly, they'll run. You'll have to eat crow. Because if you don't, there'll be no more shows, no more oohs and ahas, and no one's going to give a shit what you have to say. So you just have to either play ball. I'm a very forgiving person. You know, true story. So when I was under attack by the AG and I tried to like run for mayor so that way he leaves me alone, um, there was a woman who was trolling the crap out of me a lot. So bad. Months later, she approached me. She said, you know what? After stepping away from, you know, the trolley comments, I actually listened to what you said and you didn't say anything they said. But then I also looked into the things that you were talking about and you were a hundred percent correct. I'm so sorry. Guess what? I love that woman because all of us fall into that little, you know, pocket, right? It's a, it's, it's a thing. It's a human quality. You know, this flock mentality. I love that woman. Actually, that woman has been pulling my case and helping so that way we can um, arrange how to uh, counter the attorney general in North Dakota, which, you know, while everyone talks shit, nobody's actually read the case. They pretend to read the case. They don't see how many laws were violated in what they were doing. They don't see anything. So it's okay. I'm not going after your red string theory. <laughs> I don't go for low-hanging loser fruit. <laughs> Watch. See, I was planning it a year ago. Almost a year ago, I was like, I'm doing it now. And then I was like, oh, shoot, I'm busy. I can't. Too busy to see how I can help because everything's changed on these elections. And now that the president is not going to be elected, and this is before the elections, this is a conversation I actually had since he's not being elected and people are pushing the idea that he's going to get elected, even though I had already told you that the people that are going to call the elections are the media. I told you that. And it's recorded that months and months and months and months, almost a year before the election. So again, I wanted to, to pounce in August and then September and then October, but I was busy. I was busy. In the meantime, people grew a little bit bolder and their counter opposition to me, to Millie, to Lieutenant Bennett, right? To PFC Berg, two, two, two has worked out against the favor of the people of the United States of America, completely against and all the while, I have to sit there, grin and bear it, and continue working while under fire. And I, I, you know, I actually work well under pressure. I really work well under pressure. So then I thought January is the time. Then I thought February is the time. Then I thought March. Well, 
believe it or not, yesterday, having a conversation, actually bitching out my friend who doesn't want to listen. Um, and then talking with someone, I was like, holy shit, this is it. This is the time. And so that's what happened. And this is why this time has been chosen. Because we need to trim the fat. We really need to trim the fat. And it's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so incredible. And we're going to be sitting watching this shit show happen. Again, I don't go for loser fruit, right? I don't go for people that... <laughs> that go to public events and pretend they're important. I don't, I don't do that. I don't do that. I go for the heavy hitters, the ones that are trying to cause harm to my president right now by infiltrating certain circles. I go for the people that have one of the loudest voices on the planet. And no, it's not General Flynn. Actually trying to protect him with this one too. So, I go for the people, that <laughs> but see, I don't play fair, right? It's not fair because I know the future and it's not fair because if I want to go and have you destroy yourself, I will make sure that the box you're in, you can't even get out. You won't even be able, could you imagine guys, if I, let's pretend I accused you of stealing lipstick, right? Let's just pretend. Hey, you know, Joe Schmo stole a lipstick and it's all over the news, right? And Joe Schmo is totally being ratted on and everyone's hating on Joe Schmo for stealing lipstick. And guess what? Joe Schmo can't even talk about what the lipstick is, what color it may have been, what store they're talking about. Joe Schmo has to take it and shut up. And Joe Schmo has to decide, do I pay a shit ton of money or do I um, go to court and make this a real shit show and everyone's going to hate me because they already hate me. So they're just going to even hate me more. Right. And Joe Schmo isn't one person. Guys, this is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. So I posted about it. I told you what I needed to tell you. And this trim of the fat will also ensure that people like Mike Lindell, Patrick Byrne, General Flynn, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and all these real patriots that are out there fighting for the United States of America are not under any influence, are not manipulated, infiltrated, pushed, or anything of that sort. That includes Lynn Wood, too, right? I love Lynn Wood, right? So none of these people can be harmed because I saw them coming. I see what you're doing. And you know what? I don't even have to say your name. The whole world will be doing it for me. And... Um, and that's just the beginning, just the beginning. Okay. So this is how you fight smart. You know, this is how you are able to uh, allow battles to go on and winning a war without even fighting. This is how you do it. This is the superior way of winning a war.
especially when, you know, your army is smaller, you know, when you're at a disadvantage point, right? The strategies that you apply in war have to be well-timed. And those that are unskilled in the art of war, well, let's just say it's a lot better to go into a battle without a plan than to be unskilled and try to be crafty. That's the way it is. You always have to think of the mitigation that must come into effect. You know, imagine making this fourth unelected branch of government's minions bend to the people's will, all done, with no actual fighting, except for infighting. You know, you let them take themselves out. That's the best way to do it. But here's the problem. This is why a lot of people fall into pockets. This is why, uh, you know, people say things that they shouldn't be saying. It's something called target fixation, right? Uh, Sigmund Freud had, you know, aside from being a weird ass guy, right, and kind of perverted, fixation is a very dangerous quality to have. And I want us to visit that because this doesn't only go for people, um, but just, you know, when you're fixated as one person on a target, it's when you get pulled into like a sheep in the game of fixation. Take a listen. Hey guys, it's Nikki. In this video, I will be explaining what fixation, suppression and regression are. If you are interested, just continue watching. All this time I keep repeating, if something goes wrong, but if we look closer and see how many ways there is to take the wrong turn in psychosexual development, we will discover that it's more like when it goes wrong. But that would mean that they aren't normal people, so what are we missing? Let's talk a little bit more about fixation. The fixation is like a very powerful memory which would not go away no matter what you do. It can be caused by a strong impression, seeing mom and dad kissing for the first time or seeing your mother naked, especially for the boys in the phallic stage which want their mothers for themselves. Another way to have a fixation is if a child is unable to get a proper, for the corresponding stage, gratification of a drive. Now, we're not talking about sex, okay? I'm going to stop it right there. Fixation, as demonstrated, is caused by a strong impression. A strong impression could be a stimulation of, uh, um, of a, an event. So one event can be uh, you um, found pleasure in making music. Another event could be, look, I'm making YouTube videos and I have a shit ton of followers and that totally drives my, you know, brain chemistry to make me feel good, right? Um, it, so you need an impression, you know, you, people that want to feel important care about this shit.
Now, another way you get a fixation is if you're pretty much not satisfied in getting off in your life in general. So you can't, you know, you don't feel welcome. You feel like you're not doing enough. You feel like, you know, you're, you, you have something important to say, and then you just feel like everything you say is important because that one time that no one listened, right? These are fixations. Fixations are that you decide that every single person that went to Yale is skull and bones, right? I don't care you went to Yale, so you're skull and bones, right? Or, um, you know, uh, people that have pumpkin spice lattes in the fall are all, you know, liberals, right? That's a fixation, right? So people get fixated on certain targets. That's the thing. So fixation comes from trauma. Usually the strong impressions that we get as that we visualize, uh, that people have is because of trauma. Um, the majority of them. So it's, it's quite important that people understand how target fixation actually works as a psychology. Um, so you have to remember that the fixation, target fixation, is you honing in on one certain thing and not letting it go, right? Not letting it go. Now, uh, some traumatic experience, like, you know, making half a million dollars and then ratting out a pedophile, and suddenly you're homeless, you're living in a homeless shelter, uh, your wife doesn't want to know you, you're totally there, and the only person that caused it is some high military officer. After that, you will have mistrust, blind mistrust for all of them. And that's human nature. Here's another little clip. Everyone. So today I'm going to tell you about two very recent bike crashes I've had. Both were unfortunately when I was borrowing my mom's bike. Okay, here's the first one. I was riding along just fine and then we started to go down a hill. I was going pretty fast and I was honestly a bit scared. I've never been that great on bikes. I saw way down the hill a giant pole and I kept on thinking, don't hit the pole, don't hit the pole. Then right at the critical moment, my muscles tensed up, and I went off the sidewalk, and I hit the flipping pole. It hit the gear shift and broke it, and I had to tell my mom. She wasn't very happy because she uses that bike like every day for exercise, and now she couldn't even shift gears. My dad bought a new shifter and replaced it, so my mom had the use of her bike back again. The very next time I used that bike, we were riding back from a restaurant, and it was just a straight path, completely straight. You would think that on a straightaway path, nothing bad could happen, right? Wrong. I saw these two tiny poles off the side of the sidewalk, and I thought to myself, hmm, I'm going to try and avoid that. All of a sudden, I noticed I was on the very edge of the sidewalk. I tensed up again, and I couldn't turn the wheel because I thought if I did, it would slip off and I would crash. I kept looking at the two poles thinking, okay, this is starting to become a problem. I seriously need to avoid those poles. The bike slid off the sidewalk and bounced around in the rough dirt. I was heading straight toward the two poles. Okay, I seriously need to turn the bike! But my muscles tensed up again because I thought if I turned too sharply, a rock could hit it and tip the bike. And you know that moment when time slows down and you know something bad is about to happen and there's literally nothing you can do about it at all? Yeah, that's me right now.
My front tire went through the two poles, and one of the poles slammed right into the crankshaft where the gears are. They were completely bent and ruined. The bike was unrideable, and I had to call my mom and tell her that I broke her bike again. What are the odds? I remember thinking that I felt like I had been pushed off the edge of the sidewalk by some magical force. After the extreme annoyance at breaking the bike again, my dad said that he had heard about something like this, and he looked it up. What he found was target fixation. Target fixation is an attentional phenomenon observed in humans in which an individual becomes so focused on an observed object, be it a target or a hazard, that they inadvertently increase the risk of colliding with the object. So, yeah. Me looking at the telephone pole and thinking, I hope I don't hit that, or me seeing those pipes and thinking, I really need to avoid that, apparently made my subconscious go, Hey, he's looking at those pipes. I feel like we should smash right into them. Just a feeling, but I'm going for it. Ugh, why, brain? Just why? So be careful out there, everyone. And if there's something that you need to avoid in life, don't look at it too hard, or you'll most likely slam right into it. So thank you guys so much for watching, and I'll see you guys later. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button. <laughs> see, don't fixate on people or things you don't want to slam into, because uh, target fixation is a real thing. And um, it can really cause you uh, some real big problems. One thing in the golden rule is that all warfare, all of it, not some of it, is based on deception. And you can trap your enemies simply by using the tools that they do. I wanted to show you how you can trap enemies, right? Uh, because that is uh, something that you need to understand at this moment. The mid 19 Hold on. Let's get this going. How to trap your enemies. We'll learn this from Ethiopia, considering Ethiopia. Well, Tedros is Ethiopian. Great example. So how to trap your enemies. Pretty interesting. Take a listen. ...than Haile Selassie. In the mid-1920s, the powerful warlords of Ethiopia were coming to the realization that a young man of the nobility named Haile Selassie, also known as Rastafari, was outcompeting them all and nearing the point where he could proclaim himself as their leader, unifying the country for the first time in decades. Most of his rivals could not understand how this wispy, quiet, mild-mannered man had been able to take control. Yet in 1927, Selassie was able to summon the warlords one by one to come to Addis Ababa to declare their loyalty and recognize him as leader. Some hurried, others hesitated, but only one, a warlord by the name of Bulcher, dared to defy Selassie totally. Bulcher was a blustery man and a great warrior, and he considered the new leader to be weak and unworthy. Finally, Selassie, in his gentle but stern way, commanded Bulcher to come. The warlord decided to obey, but in doing so, he would turn the tables on this pretender to the Ethiopian throne. He would come to Addis Ababa at his own speed and with an army of 10,000 men, a force large enough to defend himself, perhaps even start a civil war. Stationing this formidable force in a valley three miles from the capital, he waited, as a king would. Selassie would have to come to him. Selassie did indeed send emissaries, asking Bolcher to attend an afternoon banquet in his honour. But Bolcher was no fool. 
he knew history. He knew that previous kings and lords of Ethiopia had used banquets as a trap. Once he was there and full of drinks, Selassie would have him arrested or even murdered. To signal his understanding of the situation, he agreed to come to the banquet, but only if he could bring his personal bodyguard, 600 of his very best soldiers, all armed and ready to defend him and themselves. To Bulcher's surprise, Selassie answered with the utmost politeness that he would be honoured to play host to such warriors. On the way to the banquet, Bulcher warned his soldiers not to get drunk and to be on their guard. When they arrived at the palace, Selassie was his charming best. He deferred to Balcher, treating him as if he desperately needed his approval and cooperation. But Balcher refused to be charmed, and he warned Selassie that if he did not return to his camp by nightfall, his army had orders to attack the capital. Selassie reacted as if he was hurt by this mistrust. Over the meal, when it came time for the traditional singing of songs in honour of the Ethiopian leaders, he made a point of allowing only songs honouring the warlord Balcher. It seemed to Belcher that Selassie was scared, intimidated by this great warrior who could not be outwitted. Sensing the change, Belcher believed that he would be the one to call the shots in the days to come. At the end of the afternoon, Belcher and his soldiers began their march back to the camp amidst cheers and gun salutes. Looking back to the capital over his shoulder, he planned his strategy. How his soldiers would march through the capital in triumph within weeks, and Selassie would be put in his place. His place being either prison or death. When Bolcher came inside of his camp, however, he saw that something was terribly wrong. Where before there had been colourful tents stretching as far as the eye could see, now there was nothing. Only smoke from doused fires. What was going on? A witness told Bolcher what had happened. During the banquet, a large army, commanded by an ally of Selassie, had stolen up on Bolcher's encampment by a side route that they hadn't seen. This army had not come to fight, however, knowing that Belcher would have heard a noisy battle and hurried back with his 600-man bodyguard. Selassie had armed his own troops with baskets of gold and cash. They had surrounded Belcher's army and proceeded to buy every last one of their weapons. Those who refused were easily intimidated. Within a few hours, Belcher's entire force had been disarmed and scattered in all directions. Realizing his danger, Belcher decided to march south with his 600 soldiers to regroup, but the same army that had disarmed his soldiers blocked their way. The other way out was to march to the capital, but Selassie had sent his army to defend that. Like a chess player, he had predicted Belcher's moves and had checkmated him. For the first time in his life, Belcher surrendered. To repent of his sins of pride and ambitions, he agreed to enter a monastery. Bolcher's last words as he entered the monastery were, Do not underestimate the power of Tafari. He creeps like a mouse, but he has jaws like a lion. Throughout Selassie's long reign, no one could quite figure him out. Ethiopians liked their leaders fierce, but Selassie, who wore the front of a gentle, peace-loving man, lasted longer than any of them. Never angry or impatient, he lured his victims with sweet smiles, lulling them with charm and obsequiousness before he attacked. In the case of Belcher, Selassie played on the man's wariness, his suspicion that the banquet was a trap, which in fact it was, but not the one that he expected. Selassie's way of allaying Belcher's fears, letting him bring his bodyguard to the banquet, giving him top billing there, making him feel in control, created a thick smokescreen, concealing the real action that was happening three miles away. The paranoid and the wary are often easy to deceive. If you win their trust in one area, you have a smokescreen that can blind them in another. Properly set up, the smokescreen is a weapon of great power. It enabled the gentle Selassie to totally destroy his enemy without even firing a single bullet.
Well, I hope you enjoyed this, guys. This was an excerpt from one of my favorite books, which is The 48 Laws of Power. There's so many great stories and great lessons to be learned in The 48 Laws of Power. I'll put a link in the description below if you want to check out the audiobook. I highly recommend you have it. I have it. I listen to it all the time. And if you guys would like me to do more of these type of videos, sort of animating the lessons from The 48 Laws of Power, just say so in the comment section below, and I'll be more than happy to do that. So that's a really good book for those of you looking for a nice book to read. That's pretty awesome. See, um, even though he was well soft spoken, you know, kind of deceitful, had this big army, uh, the smoke screen is what counts, right? The smoke screen is what counts. And it's never always peaceful. It doesn't have to be. It could be loud. It could be aggressive. It could be in your face. It could be calling you out. It could be doing a lot of things, right? It could just be a ton of stuff. <laughs> Thing is, still a smoke screen. Still a smoke screen. So how do we how do we clear the smoke screen that they've created for you and the only way to do that is by letting them show you who they really are and they will slowly again not low-hanging fruit <laughs> never low-hanging fruit so uh one thing that i wanted to kind of delve into is all these damn coincidences that keep happening for example, uh, we had a great conversation on Britney Spears and how, um, you know, she's under conservativeship and how terrible that is. And I got a lot of flack from people saying she's so dumb. She's talking about Britney Spears. So dumb. And it's like, well, <laughs> who's dumb now? Okay. And then I wrote this piece about Tucker, you know, and in my piece, I said, oh, you know, you're going to get into trouble. I think you should come clean. You know, you should talk about your relations because either way, FISA goes both ways, right? It is. It goes both ways. I even wrote an article about it just to prove, you know, what I was going to say. But, you know, nobody wanted to, to pay attention. They were like, oh, my God, is she going after her? No, I was just letting him know, you know maybe he needs to like uh, say something on the matter, but he chose not to. And then he puts out this report yesterday and it's like, Oh, let me guys, this is another coincidence about how they're spying on him. When I had said that they were spying on him, let me guess coincidence, right? Of course is a coincidence. Of course. This is why we're going to get more trolls. Wait, it's going to get better. The trolls, I'm telling you now. Mid-July, it'll be amplified like crazy. So many people posting things that they shouldn't. And every time they do, it'll be traced right back to them. You can't hire and dust off me counts. Remember that. An act request asking for all actual. So let's see what Tucker Carlson had to say. Uh, this is um, from Twitter. Uh, this is what uh, he said. Well, federal policy, the war on terror now ongoing for 20 years, has pivoted in its aims. The war on terror is now being waged against American citizens, opponents of the regime. We saw this on display on January 6th. We told you a couple of weeks ago, based on language in publicly available indictments, that the FBI clearly had foreknowledge of the riot at the Capitol that day. And the agents we spoke to this weekend confirmed that is true. Quote, 
The FBI had sources in that crowd, confidential sources, snitches. That's 100% certain. Well, um, I can tell you that there is an actual affidavit from November that told them everything that was coming. <laughs> yes, that you probably have never seen and won't see, right? But I have, and we knew, and the FBI had those sources. Let's let's start let's start proving Tory slowly. I mean, it seems like you know he was the one that brought out Britney Spears, right, Tucker? I like Tucker. Just I've said that, but Tucker should be very very frank because it's very important that truth comes out. The only way we can dispel this fog is with hardcore proof, okay? Hardcore proof. And someone said he had interviewed a guy who said he had a Q clearance. I had one too. When you work with energy, you have one, period. And Bobolinsky worked with energy. But it's not just political protesters the government is spying on. Yesterday, we heard from a whistleblower within the U.S. government who reached out to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. Now, that's a shocking claim, and ordinarily we'd be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on America. So I need to call a little bit of bullshit here. So this agency that he's referring to, the National Security Agency, collects information uh, always. Every single one of your emails, calls, I've explained this many, many times before, years ago, because it's going to come out very important, right? Um, it goes into a 72-hour hold. Now, if there is a warrant, a FISA warrant, that they don't have to tell you about a FISA warrant or any other warrant that they can secretly look at your stuff. They hold on to all your communications, phone, texts, pictures, DMs, emails, you name it, they have it. NSA doesn't leak shit, okay? NSA doesn't leak information, okay? The FBI does, the CIA does, salty people do, and people that want to serve crow do. Uh, NSA never, ever leaks information. That's not their job. They don't produce reports. <laughs> Okay. So it's just really weird how he's saying that he's being monitored. I told him that in my article, I told him that, I mean, I'm just saying, but you know what? I'm the shill, right? And then the argument on the other side is it's because she's still working for them. And it's like, yeah, working for them. Sure. You keep saying that. So you can hold on to your pennies a little bit longer. I already told him. I already told, I even put it in, I was like, mm, and because I knew it was coming. So I guess, you know, he went and checked. He went and checked because I'm not his enemy. I like him. I think he's kind of, you know, his face is awesome for TV. I love his snark, right? And, you know, people dance and, and do things in their life that they regret. They hang out with people they don't like. They do things they don't like. That's the way it is, Right. It's all about redemption, guys. The only way to fix something is to redeem yourself. This is why the father will open up his arms to the child that went away and squandered all of their wealth and prostituted themselves. The father opens his arms and loves them even more. <laughs> 
So for those that didn't squander wealth and follow the rule, don't be that salty brother in that book, that story in the Bible, you know, that really important book, you know, the story of the prodigal son, right? Ah, right, right. He was like, why being, why are you slaughtering the fattest, you know, lamb for him? He went out there, he hoard, he spent his wealth. And now you're throwing a feast for him. When I've been here tending to the, to the flock and have been nothing but a good son. It's like, it's because he's redeemed himself. He came back home. See, and that's when the brother that's at home doing good becomes evil because they're a salty little bitch saying, why are you praising the one that became bad? Why are you praising him because he came to you? And that's because, because now he's home and he's going to be home for good. See, he's experienced evil. He's experienced the worst he's done. He's lost. But see those that tend the flock that, you know, do what the father says, and then judge those that redeem themselves are worse than those that are evil from, you know, openly and proud. That's how it goes. All right. That is how it goes. You can't say, well, Jesus, why are you forgiving him? You shouldn't forgive him. You should forgive me. What's tinging? Something's tinging. Let's see what that is. Oh, that's, that's, that's not good. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's listen to what he has to say. American citizens, it's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately they do happen. And in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower who is in a position to know repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information, period. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. This morning we filed a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request, asking for all information that the NSA and other agencies have gathered about this show. We did it mostly as a formality. We've also contacted the press office at both NSA and the FBI. We don't expect to hear much back. That's the way that usually goes. Only Congress can force transparency on the intelligence agencies, and they should do that immediately. Spying on opposition journalists is incompatible with democracy. If they are doing it to us, and again, they are definitely doing it to us, they are almost certainly doing it to others. This is scary, and we need to stop it right away. Oh. Farmland is vital. You need it to eat. So that's, um, that's very important, what he said. If they're doing it to him, they're doing it to others. No shit. They've been doing it. But see, nobody cared that it was the others. You just care because it's being done to you. That's not, that's not a good thing. That's really not a good thing. Really not a good thing. Another not good thing is, um, you know, the 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 left now blaming Republicans for defunding the police. I could you not? Yes. Circle back. Chucky actually said that. So uh, this is the madness that we live in. We have, you know, reporters coming out saying that they're illegally monitoring a show. No, it's legal. 
It's completely legal, completely legal. Because bottom line is, you're in Hunter Biden's laptop, you're fair game. That's how it goes. It is completely 100% legal. So uh, I, I don't see how this is illegal monitoring. It's not. <laughs> it's totally not. You know, it's not. And it's so sad to see so many people writing stories, fake-ass stories, and saying things that don't make sense. Because then you see who these losers are, and guess what they are? People that don't understand how the system works. They just pretend to, right? So let's go to the next little audio clip that's crazy. You need to hear it where they tell you, <laughs> they tell you that, um, the Republicans are the ones. The Republicans are the problem with defunding the police. Listen to this, okay? Like, I couldn't believe that that actually came out with a straight face. Something one of the advisors said this weekend, Cedric Richmond, he said, Republicans defunded the police by not supporting the American Rescue Plan. But how is it that that is an argument uh, to be made when the president never mentioned needing money for police to stop a crime wave when he was selling the American Rescue Plan? Well, the president did mention that the American Rescue Plan, the state and local funding, something that was supported by the president, a lot of Democrats who supported and voted for the bill, could help ensure uh, local cops were kept on the beat in communities across the country. As you know, didn't receive a single Republican vote. That funding has been used to keep cops on the beat. But at the time, that was sold as uh, these local police departments might have a pandemic-related budget shortfall, not we need to keep cops on the beat because there's a crime wave. Uh, I think that any local uh, department would argue that keeping cops on the beat to keep communities safe when they had to, because of budget shortfalls, fire police is is something that helped them address yeah. crime in their local communities. In local communities. The White House's argument was the American Rescue Plan is going to be $1,400 checks. It's going to be vaccines, vaccinators. Uh, it's going to put us on the path to beating the virus. Not. It did those things as well. It was a pretty good bill and piece of legislation. Wow. Hmm. So interesting, isn't it? Wow. Can you believe that? That the Republicans actually did all that? They're the ones that defunded the police? Shoot. I didn't know that. Did you? That's pretty interesting. Now, while I go and get some coffee, I thought it would be a great time to show an old clip just to remind you of who these people are. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Please enjoy the show. It's a good five minutes. Those of you that are listening, you will enjoy the listening show. Uh, I do obviously um, promote you uh, watching this uh, because it's an incredible video put together. Uh <laughs> It's just a McGrifter unplugged video. Um, please enjoy the uh, entertainment. Someone said, should we unfollow Tori? Uh, yeah, she's clearly a, a leftist plant. She's a disinformation agent sent here to corrupt Q into attacking the president. That's it. They have targeted me with uh, death threats. Uh, harassment by a botnet. I'm still making my way through that document documentary documentary. Uh, and I got to tell you, it's got real satanic energy. 
So Tori is one of these people who just searches the internet all day. And what happens when you search the internet all day and you're not, you don't, you're not a Christian, you don't have the ability to use a discernment, or you don't have the ability to just be objective while you collect all the information, you think you've collected all the information. So I can see how someone internet searching for four hours, five hours would experience fatigue and then get very, very confused. <clears throat> but that's not the case. That's not the case. I'm okay with a Christian monarchy and getting rid of advertising. Someone said Christian monarchy leads to more war. Great way to kill the American experiment and dream. See, look, these Tory trolls, they're anti-Christian, they're anti-God, they're anti-Trump. I am the reckoning. This could sound like an ego to a lot of people who aren't familiar with my record. But this is what I do for a living. I don't work. It's a ministry. So Cambridge Analytica is a company that Bob Mercer owned. Bob Mercer has given me money in the past to conduct um, you know, certain political operations that were my ideas, not his ideas. So the Cambridge Analytica stuff is I, it's just so patently fake that it's stupid. Um, I don't know what Roger's opinion is on um, psychoanalytics. Uh, we're still so, so new to that field. It is something I support, um, but uh, I'm not something. I'm not sure that it's something Roger would support. Which IIA? I'm going to tell you this. This is so stupid. I, I mean, I can't even believe we're going through this. Alex Jones pioneered um, the study of certain things, right? Operation Paperclip with the Nazis. Operation Mockingbird with the media. I thought that it was a matter of real concern that planted stories intended to serve a national purpose abroad um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because uh, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. Uh, and then whatever that is, you know, the act that Congress changed to allow for domestic propaganda. What y'all need to understand is like, okay, Alex Jones has pioneered this for 25 or 30 years, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't matter to me. Um, the fact is, is that why are these people grifting off of this? These people are alleging that Alex Jones is a part of these things that he helped pioneer for the American people. I'm genetically superior than most human beings, and I work to be spiritually gifted, if not superior. I've got killer instincts because I have discernment. Yes, I have a natural, advanced, biological predisposition to feel the earth, to feel the heavenly realms. I have a natural, biological, I don't believe in evolution, but I have a natural extra antenna that most human beings don't have. Lulu, this is crazy. This is crazy. Nothing Q has ever posted has been this crazy. And you're not gonna reverse psychology me. That's so 1992, you know? It's so 1992. You're not going to reverse psychology into me not vetting source material. Remember they said they were going to put me in jail for wearing a bulletproof vest and now everyone's wearing it? How many people remember I started that trend? 
How many people remember I started the trend of the bulletproof vest in public? Someone said, I, be- I remember 50 Cent doing it in 2004. Right, 2004. So read what you wrote. Read what you wrote. Or don't. I don't really care. I'm just telling you who I am. Okay? This is, in a lot of other areas, I suck. I suck at ordering groceries. I suck at maintaining a healthy diet. Yeah, and I'm about to stop eating fast food. Hopefully starting next week. Her verbal IQ is trash. Her diet is trash. All skinny. Look at this. Healthy. Healthy. You know, 20 years I've been a Christian. 20 years I've been a Christian. I know what it's like to call forth our higher self. Hazard report ahead. She reminded me of that person. Heck, she might be working. Hey, so Hazard reported ahead. That was a warning from God. With that person. And when I thought about that, I said, no, 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 no. Not today, Satan. You have to understand, I would die. I would be willing to die fighting a righteous battle against that mother that I appreciate your support. You guys are watching everything that I said come true. And, um, you know, I still, you know, I just wish Tori and Millie would stop. Stop the lies. But when I found out that you are a bad, evil human being. So, yeah, so this guy actually went down to get my DD-214, confirmed everything I've said. Um, this guy completely went there and trashed and think. He said that we lied, that, that there was no grand scheme. There was no psyoping. There was no stealing of data. There was no this. There was no, He told you that, yet everything that transpired after that has been 100% spot on. Every single video that uh, Millie Weaver produced based on the information her whistleblower had given her has come to fruition. I mean, shit, right? Uh, But, you know, I did tell you, what did I tell him? Do you guys remember? I'm just going to say this. You know, I know couple people in the chat room know there are only a couple people who reach that Voldemort like status I knew it was the battle that God called me to see that's a thing could you imagine how Harry Potter would have turned out if Voldemort actually went through redemption and you know decided to destroy all evil because he came home Hmm? Could you imagine? I mean, could you imagine? He called me Voldemort. What? I'm at that status? Now listen. So there were two. (laughs) There was one thing that I did say to him, to his face. Aside from Takia, right? I said, you're going to jail. I said it to a lot of people, actually. Now, many people are unable 
to see the truth only because of this infodemic. The, the, the COVID thing is an infodemic. Our elections was an infodemic, right? You knew last year before the lockdown that who's going to call the elections? The media is calling the elections. And I was right. It was AP. It wasn't an authority. It was the corporations. I told you you were going to lock yourself in your house three years ago. And you did. I also told you that the real work happens after the elections until he's sworn back into office. So right now, a lot of the things that we've said is coming to fruition. We said it before, we said it before, we said it before, it's here. So I also remember we talked about the media. We talked about the corporations. Do you guys remember how close in proximity it was to the bombings of Israel just a couple weeks ago where I showed you the video of AP showing you the tunnels of the terrorists coming in from it on, you know, where they were moving weapons. Do you remember that? And what did, what happened in the news after that? Oh no, Israel bombed AP headquarters. Oh no. That's where the terrorists were. I told you that weeks before, so you are aware of it. But again, people want to call me a shill. So here's the, here's the thing. One, one, I, I am who I say I am. Two, I am who they say I am, right? So who do you believe? Hearing it from the horse's mouth or secondary, that's you. That's where you use your discernment. And why am I saying this? Because I'm gloating today. Oh my God, it's so bad. It's so bad, but I can't help. You know, even with these braces, I'm smiling the shit out of my face is stuck on smile mode. I'm so excited. And I can't talk about this again after today. <laughs> When I tell you that we've already won, I want you to understand that. When I tell you that we still have work to do and it's going to be really, really painful, I want you to understand that. And when I tell you it's going to get really bad in October, I want you to understand that. This is where it it's going to begin to be really, really bad in October. But once it is, when it's that bad, right, you'll find peace with knowing that we won already. I want you to, to embrace that. It's kind of like, have you ever... Um, trying to think of a situation where it's like so shitty that you're like, fuck it. I'm okay. I'll just roll with it because it's all going to be fine in the end. I just have to put up grin and bear it for now. 
that's exactly how you're going to feel in October. If you see everything from today until then, see it as it is. Have the ability to control what you can and accept what you cannot physically control. All you have to do is pray. All you have to do is trust that anything that happens is because he wills it. Whatever he gave you, he can take it away. What other people take away from you, you get back tenfold. And that's the way things work. When we come to August and see, I did tell you that, you know, on a farm, there's a story and I think it's also in the Bible. And this is farming 101 too. Right? Um, if you have a field with crops and you, and you plant your seeds, it's really nice, you know, I don't know, let's say wheat, right? You plant wheat and it's glorious and it's growing. And at some point in, in June, right? You're just like, damn, look at all those weeds around my wheat. I need to start pulling them. And if you go there, you yank the wheat, but the root's still there. So they just keep coming and coming and coming, right? But you have to understand is when you reap what you have sown, right? That's the time that you get rid of the weeds. So all you have to do is wait for that soil to loosen and be ready. Because that's what you are going to be able to do. That's how, with the harvest, you remove the weeds. So let's just say that the month of July is going to be how the weeds, the soil around the weeds, is being loosened up and getting ready for the harvest. The good will stay. The wheat will will stand and it will be harvested nicely. But the weeds will crumble on their own. And this is what is happening in July. All the weeds attached to that beautiful, so amazing corn and wheat and anything you wanted to plant, right? Has been entrenched in weeds at the core, at the root. So right now, this July, you're going to see it starting July 1st, okay? The weeds will start to come apart. It's almost as if they're using their own stupid roundup. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I had to say it. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. I want to gloat so bad because it's like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, oh my gosh, God, this morning I got up and I prayed so hard and I was like, <laughs> this is so awesome. It's like, I was thinking how, how, <laughs> Stop. I was like, how could it be so freaking perfect? Like, what? Like, you know, you know, when you're like having this, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Okay. 
here's the here's here's the deal. I'm having a conversation about one thing. I'm all riled up, riled up. And then and I'm cooking, right? So I'm cooking yesterday and I'm going to have it for lunch after the show because there's leftovers. I mean, pasta with um with the sauce, but the sauce had like lamb chunks in it, right? A few lamb chunks, my favorite, right? meaty sauce. Anyway, and they still have the bone anyway. So I was sitting there cooking while I was on the phone. And then I was like, wait a minute. What about XYZ, XYZ? This is, I think this would be good because this has to be done because it's the right thing to do, but it's also a bullet that will take out. It's as if those of you that have been at a shooting range, right? Imagine if the shooting targets didn't have that cardboard behind them or you had some really, you know, paper thin cardboard and you had one at 50 meters, 75, 100, 125, 150, right? And and you're there with your AR playing shot, right? And then you take your weapon and you shoot and it goes through all of them at once. This is how it aligns so perfectly. And, and then I was like, oh my God, this is a moment. It's like... I've said this before. It's like, this is where you release everything to God and you just wait for the right time. And it was so perfect. I was like, damn. (laughs) So this morning I got up and as you all know, I'm moving. And by the way, as I'm doing my show, um, I have a friend who is, um, part of the Ohio group that's helping me, um, what, what is it where you fill the holes in the wall when you hand over your apartment thing, the, the plaster thing in Majiggy? He's doing that for me. And um, so I'm in the middle of moving, <laughs> right? I'm in the middle of moving. So I only have my mattress on the floor. So I'm like crackhead version. And, um, you know, I roll out of the bed onto the, are you leaving? Are you leaving? Um, that's Nick. You want to say Hi. I was just telling him how I'm, I'm, should I say Trump one again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the t-shirts. Hi, mom. Hey. Okay. Did you guys finish up? Yep. Awesome. Awesome. You don't want to say hi, Nick. Hi, Nick. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All right. Let me continue. Continue. Okay. So I roll out of the mattress cause I have to roll cause I'm on the floor. And I was on my knees, so I thought, I'll pray. And I was so grateful that that light bulb moment went off, right? And I said a prayer, and I, and I thought to myself, wow, I, I knew that there would be that time where justice can be served, but I didn't know it would be so perfect, right? And um, it was so perfectly aligned and I just sat there and obviously then my cat bothered me right but then I was in the best mood ever the best mood ever like every single phone call I had ever since waking up I just can't stop smiling and then there's like this petty evil (laughs) then it's like I'm just like <laughs> giddy about it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so ironic. Oh my gosh, this is little, like this. So I'm just telling you guys, if there was ever a time to eat popcorn and watch a shit show, it's now. Okay? It's totally now. Um, 
there's a lot in play. We have the elections, you know, and all these audits. You know, obviously, there was a big meeting in Georgia um, the day after Millie and I left, uh, which is great. Um, that's happening. There's going to be, uh, remember what I said, every single state, right? Uh, they're trying to obfuscate it. They're trying to create these notions, right? for you not to watch. So that's the main thing to watch. Because like the president said, and we've been saying together, is how the heck are you having elections when you haven't even had a proper one before, right? You can't, you need to fix the system. There is no election. No one's being elected. Anyone that takes office willingly and knowingly takes office right now illegally, right? They're usurping because it's not a fair and free election. It hasn't been. The only real kind of free and fair election that people have had in the past 20 years is in 2016. And that's not because it was fair and free, right? Because the algorithms were already uh, pre-programmed into the machines, okay? It was because they couldn't alter the algorithms. They had no access to alter the algorithms, okay? So it was still no odds in your favor, but you still won. So uh, we need to focus on that. We can't steer away from what's happening with elections. That's number one. But number two is how do you get to hold these Democrats and these usurpers accountable? Here's the problem. You can't without taking out their mouthpieces, and that's the media. No matter how much evidence you have, no matter how loud you think your voice is, right? They're gonna make you think, I'm, I'm telling you, because they've deployed this. There are people that have the best voice ever. They are truth tellers. They are pushing for a free and fair America, right? And they have 200,000, 300,000, half a million, a million followers. Well, no, they don't. The majority of those followers are fake to provide them the illusion that they are being heard. Make sense? You see? This is how you use the shadow net. You pander to the other per person's shadow. Do you really think some of these loser accounts that you see on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Telegram are really being followed by all those people when they're selling stupid coins and telling you that Brennan got arrested? You think I wouldn't have a lawn chair to that fucking event? Stop. 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 The shadow net is to give you the illusion that people are listening to you. That's, well, that's one aspect, okay? It's not the only aspect. So when you see the left-wing media with all these followers and there's like one like, two likes, I mean, it's more sophisticated than that. They can retweet and like and post and stuff. Bots aren't stupid. It's complete artificial intelligence, okay? But it's so incredible that the message that the good message is being sequestered and muffled and hindered because they have the illusion that people are listening when they're not. Here's how the future, 
is supposed to happen. I've told you this before, and you should revisit my New Year's episode from 2019 that tells you about artificial intelligence. Your AI profile is a reflection of everything you are. Every search, every like, every heart, every share, every message, every transaction, every purchase, every view, every anything you've done online reflects who you are inside. Your AI profile is 100% your deep, dark, shadowy side and everything in between. The way you can command the human population is by taking their AI profiles and letting them fester online and interact as they would to propagate. Your AI profile will detect if you commit a crime or if you're possibly going to commit a crime. Your AI profile will predict your health based on what it knows from you. Every single one of you have your own AI shadow and this is how they control every single one of you. Now AI at this point at a rollout level in this realm is not up to par with that sophistication yet. But could you imagine the person that commands the replicant of your cyber persona. That's insane power. They know what you look at when you browse and you're sitting on the toilet. They know what you look at when you browse and you're sitting at an airport in your car, parked up, walking, sitting in class, at work. It knows every little dark corner of you. And that gives someone full and utter advantage over you because they can predict how you will respond. They can predict how you will react and they can predict how they can provoke you. Provoking someone to do something is one of the easiest things possible. I use that all the time to my benefit. Every single time actually that I can. Why? Because it's important to be able to control some facet of uh, happenings, right? It is. I know that when I want a response, I'll provoke. I'll say something that will provoke a response, especially the response I want. And this is why I'm seeing the responses I'm seeing today. Because, see, those that are guilty assume that they are targets, <laughs> well, that was like I was trying to do Maleficent laugh, Maleficent laugh, but it didn't work. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> I really I really want to oh my god. I feel so sorry for them because they will never be able to recover. Just like I told you, every single politician out there will not be able to walk the street without getting thrown tomatoes on them years and years ago. This is, <laughs> this is what's gonna happen to them too. They think that their bubble is protected. It's not. 
You can plant all the information you want, but after July 1st, you have to be very careful because then you're going to see just how much trouble you can get into. Man, I want to gloat some more, but it's like, oh my God, it's so much fun. Oh my God, it's so much fun. It's just, it's fun because this side of me, the human side of me is like, ding, you know, but then at the same time, I'm like, I feel so sorry for them. I feel sorry for them because they don't know what they're doing. They think they do but they don't. I actually watched a video of a guy that said things about me with like a matter of fact attitude, said shit about Millie with a matter of fact attitude. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And why does he think he knows shit? And then he sat there and he was like, yeah, we all need to get together. You don't need to be following them. You need to join with us and subscribe with us. And we're going to get into our school boards and do all this. And it's like, um, <laughs> why would they take sloppy seconds when they're already fucking doing it themselves. They don't need you to lead the pack. Who the fuck are you? You can't even say shit that's right. Like, I'm just saying, I'm watching these people and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then they got their bo their their bots as if nobody can see that it's them. It's like, hello, if you actually knew what the NSA is capable of, if you knew what the OSS is capable of, if you knew what a fucking keyhole was, you wouldn't be doing that shit because it's kind of embarrassing. It's like you, could you imagine someone coming out, okay, and saying, I'm going to totally trash Heather, but I don't want Heather to know it's me because I'm like super important. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the profile with my profile that says like, you know, um, a skinny dipping 101 and I'm going to start posting all this shit about her. And then it's like, as she's doing it, skinny dipping 101, there's video footage of her logging in as skinny dipping 101, right? Or there's IP addresses or emails that are linking them to skinny dipping 101. And then suddenly there's like this website, right? With all those connections, making them look like the shills they are. Then it's like so embarrassing. Like I'm trying to be nice. I don't have to do that. Okay. I don't. So, you know, when you sit there and you use it, like there's a lot of people that post in the telegram room and there's obviously a lot of people that, <laughs> that really believe that people are being hung right now as we speak and that Brendan went away without me having a lawn chair, right? Whatever. And they share stuff, but then it's those people of those channels, right? That are pretending to be someone else sharing their shit. And it's like, dude, I can see that that's you. Why are you sharing your shit on my shit? You know, when you're sitting there trashing me, like, do you want someone to show your phone and your fake number and, and put you out there on blast? You won't be able to recover. Don't do shit like that. Just don't be dumb. What is that thing? Stop get some help. What's that gift with the dude that's like, stop, get some help. This is exactly it. Like people need to stop doing that. You can't sit there and call people shills when you're the fucking biggest shill there is. Okay. I can't do that. It's just, it, I feel bad for them. Like red pill 78, like what the fuck? <laughs> Seriously though, dude, like, come on or Pete, come on, man. Like, don't make me do that shit. I don't want to be mean. And that's what sucks. 
That's what really, really sucks is that they're so dumb that they think that nobody can see. Oh, I'm using a VPN. Fuck your VPN. I got VPNs that undo VPN. Your point? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just talking smack right now. But they, they don't do anything. Oh, I send messages from Signal. They're encrypted. Shit. I posted some of your shit from Signal. Stop. Because they're all over the internet. You just don't know how to use Freedom Net and the Tor Network. All you know how to do is like sign up for shit and maybe go to WikiLeaks. Stop. Stop. Okay, you know, most of you, I'm being egged on by the Chinese people now in WeChat. So they're really, <laughs> they're enjoying this. They said, no, you should revel in that. I can't, because I won't be able to talk about it again, right? after today. But, oh, I wanted to address something. So you guys, I know a lot of you were talking about not being able to access the videos. So while I was traveling, obviously I was banned from Cash App, of course, right? And, uh, you know, I got a message uh, telling me that, you know, I'm getting thousands of complaints on my Twitter channel constantly. So I had to make sure that everything that I was using um, was fair use and that I used it in the way that it was fair use so that I don't get a copyright strike. I know a lot of those complaints were being done on behalf of uh, Tom McDonald. And I know Tom McDonald has already given permission for it. So if that strike comes, I have that video of him saying that you can use it. It's random people. And a few of them fucking stream shit and talk shit about me and tell you, you know, how he's... It's like, come on, man. Like, uh, people know who you are. Like, why are you so, ah, uh, whatever. Like, I'm so tired of it. Sometimes it's like, you know, I get so frustrated because it's like they have channels on Twitch and they're complaining, pretending that they're Tom McDonald. I kid you not. I kid you not. So it's like, I'm so upset. It's like, I want to send Tom McDonald all the emails that file the complaint on behalf of him so he can call them out. Right. And this is what they do. Okay. This is what they do. This is what they do. So that's why I um, unpublish all of them so I can go through all of them and see where and what. This is why I use covers and uh, nothing that's, you know, that can be copyrighted, only fair use. You know, I can show news as long as I, you know, um, uh, um, as long as it's for commentary. I had to be very careful. And because I was traveling, I had to just lock them all down. So uh, most of them are up again. Those that I haven't reviewed are still sealed. So I apologize for that. I uh, just wanted to say, so today is like a gloating thing. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, because I want you guys to revel in it. Because you're going to remember um, today going forward and you're going to be like, wait a minute, was that what she was talking about? And I can't confirm or deny any of it because you won't know because you'll see it happen. And you're going to be like, wait a minute, what the, f is that it? And I won't be able to confirm or deny it. So that's how it goes. Okay. Um, I can't confirm or deny anything after today. So I was, um, uh, trying to, have fun with it.
so we can pretend that while all of that is going on, we're having a conversation right now. Okay. So I, I you know, because when you see it happen, when you're going to be seeing how, how we are the news, um, you know, you're going to be like, wait a minute. Do you think that was it? No, that's like way too, wait a minute. It could be, I don't know, man, this is what you guys are going to be saying. And I know a lot of you are going to be like, Hey, Tori, did you hear about this? I'll probably even report on some of that stuff and be like, Whoa, that's really messed up, but I can never confirm or deny. Right. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm so bad. You know, I feel bad, but I also feel giddy about it. And, and you know what I love more? That I'm in this pre-gloating mood, right? And all the people that aren't even, pff, shouldn't be worried right now. <laughs> for now, okay? Let's just say, for now. Because <laughs> I've done enough damage to you to be salty for a while. So I'll visit back to the low-hanging fruit later. But, <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to keep a straight face and I'm trying to be like, no, don't be mean. But is it really being mean? It is. No, it's not. It's not. The damage that they have done to our nation, the damage that they have done to the people of the United States, you know, is, you know, yes, you know, Millie's right. She's like, why do you feel bad for them? They deserve this. Did you know what they did? And she's right. She's right. She's right. She's right. She's right. She's totally right. So, um, when you guys see it, cause it's going to, it's going to be pretty big, right? You're going to be like, wait a minute. What? Oh my God. I so knew it. Oh my God. Is it this? I'll, I'll report on it. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> I'm just trying to. See. <laughs> I just. I just. Um. Um. I just. Um. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, when, you know, let's pretend, you know, I threw banana peels all over like public square in Cleveland, right? That center. Right. And then the news media is like talking about everybody slipping on banana peels. Right. Everyone's slipping. And then because I'm giving you the news, I have to <laughs> report on the banana peels, knowing that I put the banana peels, but I can't tell you that those were my banana peels. Right. I'm just thinking how hard of a task that's going to be. Okay. It's going to be really hard, right? It's going to be super hard. So, um, so watch for the next, you know, just until the first, right? How many people are going to be panicking about my banana peels, right? The ones that are panicking about my banana peels are more than likely not part of my banana peels. Cause like I said, I don't play games with babies and losers with red string or wannabe journalists. Remember, I go to lawfare with attorney generals that are McCain's best friend, Obama's butt buddy, and have cousins that are, you know, huge funders of Epstein and own Nickelodeon. Those are the type of people I go to war with, okay? You're not worth my time. But it's a lot of fun to watch you destroy yourself anyway. So, you know, that's going to be really funny. We're going to be hearing about all these banana peels and people slipping on banana peels and I won't be able to freaking say anything. So, so there. Um, 
that's how it is. Um, and it's not going to be, <laughs> it's going to be so awesome. So I don't, I don't deal with losers. Mm. Especially red string losers. Okay. Uh, here's a shameless, and I'm not being funded for this plug. <laughs> I discovered something called cold brew coffee something in a glass thing. Sorry, I'm mixing it. I am completely addicted to this. It's like a biggish bottle. It was sent to me by the supermarket when I ordered some stuff. And they didn't have the usual yellow one that I get for like $4.95. And they charged me like $8 for this. Because apparently it's a concentrate. So I didn't know that till I went and made my other coffee that I was drinking pure concentrated coffee. Damn, that's so good. Maybe it's why I'm so giddy. So let's talk about what's to come on the third. We're going to have fireworks, right? The president of the United States is going to be in Florida, in Sarasota, Florida. That's beautiful. That's gorgeous. It's hot. You know what? I actually really like that place. And if I was to move to Florida, it would be probably around there, South Tampa. It's like, um, uh, it's, it's cozy, low crime. Um, I really like the people. Nobody gave me crap for, um, wearing a no mask. Um, people seemed, uh, uh, really, you know, nice. Uh, I did book myself to a hotel there when I was there. Um, that was, oh shoot, I forgot what it was, but anyway, I used a lot of miles to book that room because they were all expensive and it was a box. And I was like, yeah, so I don't understand why you, oh, and they advertised that they had a pool. So that way, you know, my child, because I take her with me most of the time, unless I have someone to watch over her, um, you know, so she can entertain herself at the pool and do stuff while I'm busy working. Um, you know, they advertised the pool, but it was only open through this time, this time. And they advertised that they had, you know, room service, but they were closed because of COVID and didn't put an update. So it was all bullshit. Like, why are you charging people? Like normally you would have paid something like $400 for a room there. And it's like, um, why would anyone pay that when you don't have room service, you don't have a pool and your room is like 150 square meters. The only thing is it looks modern. It's like, fuck that. No, I don't need to open my door and walk into a toilet. No, sorry. So, um, I just wanted to say that. So, <laughs> so stay away. I'm trying to remember what the name was. Hold on. Right, Cause you guys, you guys need to know this cause I travel a lot. And so, um, Tomorrow, um, guys, we're going to talk about other news, like news, news. There's nothing to elaborate on. I'm not going to go into the red string theory. I don't want to talk about the variant. We already talked about it last year. Okay. So, um, I don't want to talk about that yet. It's just no need. Okay. Aloft those rest, those, those hotels, the aloft ones. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, I just wanted to tell you that that was it. Tarpon Springs is another place that I like too. But anyway, we're having a rally in Florida and Sarasota, which is beautiful. And, um, I'm expecting great things to come out of that rally in respect to what the president has to say. The one thing that I do want to 
ensure you understand is the mainstream media is always at the rallies, right? Always at the rallies. And you have to ask yourself, why are they following around President Trump? And why are they sending the really good reporters to follow around President Trump if they're not going to report it? Which means that there are operations that they are trying to deploy that have failed and or succeeded. It's um, important that you understand that because in Ohio, you saw over, I think there was like over 38, 42,000 people. And it was a massive rally, lots of support for a man that's no longer president. Like how salty is the foe selected administration right now? Super salty. Okay. So Florida is going to be an even bigger turnout considering that, you know, it's not, Sarasota is not far from a lot of places in Florida. I mean, it'll take you three hours to drive from Miami, you know, two hours from Orlando, about an hour and a half from Fort Myers, right? So people are going to be an hour from Tarpon and Clearwater, you know, 45 minutes from Tampa, like, you know, everything except for Jacksonville, which is like way up there that it'll take what three and a half. Oh, the same like Miami, right? That crowd's going to be massive. So for those of you that are going, I hope you have already booked your hotel. If not, you're going to be paying some really crazy prices. Um, I'm, I'm going to be there Friday and Saturday. Um, so that'll be interesting. Um, it'll be very interesting. And, um, I know a lot of people will be there too. And I think it's more, um, uh, it's going to be a lot more cozier in the respects that not saying that Ohio isn't cozy. Ohio is a kickoff was the kickoff, but, um, Sarasota will be, I mean, it could probably sink. I wonder if all the people, if suddenly the population like blasted, right. With like 150,000, if that area could actually sink, and the reason I say this sinking thing is because I did tell you how they're going to cover shit up, right, about Miami. And if you look, look at the way the building so neatly and nicely collapsed, you'll see that we had the same collapse at some point of one of the buildings uh, during 9-11. And there's a detailed report and summary from the University of Alaska that came out on March 25th, 2020, claiming that it was a controlled demolition. Then we can see other buildings. I don't know, it kind of looked like those embassies that were blown up overseas. Was that Iran, Iraq? Shoosh. So many of them, so similar, you know, where half the building just collapses, right? So similar, so weird. So, um, I, that's why I was saying, because they're saying that the building was so heavy and it was sinking slowly that it might sink. So are they saying that Miami's going to open up and swallow itself? Is the Marriott now that's flanking it no longer insurable because it's near a sinkhole? I mean, do they understand the gravity of what they're saying? Cause I'm pretty sure Marriott hotels are going to be like, yo, that's messed up. Cause now we don't have insurance. Yo. And all the other houses around there too. So. We did say, right, we did say that they're going to be using many excuses. So when that outcome comes, we'll see. Okay? We'll see. 
how that works. Because I mean, if it was sturdy enough and able enough to have underground divisions within those buildings, such as parking lots and shit, right? Then it's obviously not sinking fast enough. So there's that. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about the audits tomorrow. I think it's important that we talk about the audits tomorrow because I'm really hoping that something drops later on today, but we will talk about them tomorrow regardless. Uh, we must, must. Right now I'm in such a freaking gloating mood. I can't focus on anything else except for I'm gloating right now for, for, for all the days that I'm going to be reporting on banana peels and can't tell you like that banana peel that was so sexy so um because i can't do that i'm just gonna like um not um uh <laughs> i just can't i can't stop gloating i'm sorry it's just you know it happened yesterday and then it's like today it hit me wow like, how could the alignment be so perfect? Justice is served and clowns are taken out without, wow. And it's like, see, it's never about just the calculations. He lets you see it when it is. So um, it's, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. And I'm not rating people I don't need to... Um, to raid um, any of them. I just need to watch them crush. Cause I watch a lot of their stuff. So cringy. Like, and I think sometimes like how are people watching any of that shit? Like seriously. Uh, speaking of um, uh, shit, <laughs> I think we should hold on. This is, this is going to be super fun to watch. Um, I think we should watch this analysis quickly of who's in charge. You know, Kamala's camp Once. has, has attacked the Biden camp, right? Uh, people are calling Kamala president. Biden's not the president. The uh, press secretary is saying one thing. Biden's saying another thing. There's a lot of backtracking. There's like, we want a wall. No, we don't want a wall. Now that they stopped the wall and they have to restart, they can't start from the middle. They have to start all over again. It's going to cost a lot of money. People are going to be making a shit ton of money. But guess where that money is coming from? Your pocket. So we have a very incompetent selected administration because let's be honest, the powers that be didn't give a shit who was in office. Um, they wanted one of their own people. China definitely wanted someone that they can manipulate. But they just didn't want President Trump because he was shining way too much light on things. Well, Listen to this segment. It's it's actually quite good. Laugh when President Biden nearly flushed it all down the toilet during a press conference that was meant to celebrate progress and bipartisanship. Last Thursday, five Republicans and five Democrats came together to announce a $973 billion framework for that bill. Now, that doesn't mean a done deal. There are still negotiations to be made and a vote to be had. But it was huge progress. It's more than Republicans would like to spend. It's less than Democrats wanted to spend. The potential deal was a rare moment of traction for a very divided Congress and very divided country. When the headline broke, it was really big news. I got it on my phone. I said, wow, it surprised me. And then for some bizarre reason, President Biden came out and pretty much ruined everything. Today is a huge day for one half of my economic agenda, the American Jobs Plan. 
but I'm getting to work with Congress right, right away on the other half of my economic agenda as well. I'm going to work closely with Speaker Pelosi and Leader Schumer to make sure that both move through the legislative process promptly and in tandem. Let me emphasize that. And in tandem. So why were we negotiating? Biden knew the far left would be enraged if he just signed off on this infrastructure bill after giving some a lot of stuff up. He tried to make everybody happy all at once. It was a disaster, with Biden saying he's not signing any straight infrastructure plan without all the other socialist goodies Democrats have been trying to brand as human infrastructure for the past few months tied directly to it, basically all in the same bill except not. Basically like listing your house for $500,000, accepting somebody's offer for four hundred and fifty. dollars and then immediately saying you'll only accept 450 if you get the other 50,000 at closing. Okay. It was a really confusing moment for a president who's confused pretty much all the time. And here's more. You said you uh, want both of these measures to come to you in tandem. Did you receive any assurances that that will happen? And how do you anticipate what will you do? I control it. If they don't come, I'm not signing. Real simple. And there you have it. No deal. My way or the highway. I'm getting it all or nothing. Progressives would breathe a sigh of relief, and the 10 senators who just spent all that time making the deal are left wondering what the hell just happened. <laughs> the human infrastructure that we were just talking about, human infrastructure, is trillions more in spending on things like child care, home care, free community college, bunch of money towards climate change, electric cars, all that good stuff. A million new ways to get more Americans dependent on the federal government, of course. Things Republicans would never agree on. The Washington Biden pledge tying infrastructure bill to huge democratic package. Brian Reidel, a former aide to Senator Rob Portman said, moderate Republicans had an understanding that they were scaling down the cost of the final deal, not simply transferring that cost to a second bill, obviously. Over the weekend, the Biden communications team scrambled to recover the infrastructure deal, releasing this statement on behalf of the president. Quote, my comments also created the impression that I was issuing a veto threat on the very plan I had just agreed to, which was certainly not my intent. Well, the comments didn't create an impression, sir. They were just taken exactly at face value. We listened to exactly what you said. You said something, it blew up in your face, and now you're flip-flopping. That's the truth. For Democrats, they're realizing this is the moment. This is going to be the moment to push through this agenda that they want to push through. They have a lot of stuff they want to do. They got all the power right now. They want to embrace that. They realize next November they're losing either the House or the Senate, and very good chance they lose both. The problem is they can't get around or get rid of this pesky filibuster. Ending a filibuster requires 60 votes in the Senate, something Democrats long supported when they were in the minority. But now, of course, that they are the majority, it must be removed for the sake of the entire nation, obviously. And we do have to give out some props here to the Washington Post for actually putting this together. Take a look. I hope the Republican leader and I can, in the coming months, find a way to build a firewall around the legislative filibuster. When you were in the minority, you joined plenty of efforts to filibuster legislation. The big difference is that we were always willing to negotiate in a bipartisan way. Mitch McConnell isn't. No, I'm not crazy about getting rid of the filibuster. At the end of the day, we have to end the filibuster. It's always this. Whether you're talking about immigration, voting rights, filibuster, these people believe nothing that they say. They do whatever they got to do to win. Listen to AOC try to build a narrative around this. 
Why defend a 60-vote filibuster when the Senate already amplifies uh, minority power so that the 50 Democratic senators already represent millions and millions and millions more Americans than 50 Republican senators? And so I would argue that 50 Republican senators is already a built-in kind of filibuster-esque firewall. Chuck Todd agrees with everything you just said. Uh, and just wait until Democrats are in the minority again, by the way. then Well, well here's the thing. Uh, like I said before, the Democrats are an enemy. You can see them. You can see what they're about. You can use their own words against them. They are, you know, the boogeyman that you can see. The one that you can't see. The invisible enemy is the one that is amongst you. That is the most dangerous enemy, the one that's invisible, the one that you believe is right by your side. We'll hear what they really think about the filibuster. Removing the filibuster would, of course, be the end of bipartisanship in this country as we know it. Luckily, two Democrats, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema, who are very popular right now, are not going to let it happen. They realize how bad that would be. They're in a tough spot, though, as well. Here's Senator Manchin facing pressure from Jonathan Carl on ABC. What do you say to those that say, why don't you draw some red lines with Republicans? Why don't you say, unless they come around and agree to the stuff you just talked about, you know, bringing up the corporate tax rate again, some of the other issues, maybe voting rights, some of the other issues uh, that, that, that Republicans are blocking. Why don't you draw a red line and say, look, if you guys don't move on this, I'm going to go and endorse doing away with the filibuster. So what Jonathan Carl is not really talking about here and what the truth is, is that Joe Manchin is a Democrat in a blood red state. It's just the facts. It's the way it is. He's really kind of more Republican than a Democrat, if we're being honest. And if it's not in that seat, it will be a Republican instead. You can count on that. Kristen Sinema from Arizona also facing tremendous pressure from left wing activists to change her stance on this thing as well. Doesn't that look fun? Right outside of her office. If the Senate goes to simple majority, bipartisanship again dies forever. And there will be wild policy swings every time one side regains power from the other. It's not really a good way to run the country. Just to remind you of what Democrats are trying to attach to the infrastructure bill, here's Jen Psaki earlier today talking about all of those climate change goodies. 500,000 electric vehicle charging stations nationwide. That's what this would help support with a focus on our highways and rural and disadvantaged communities. Wait a minute. So they are going to put electric car charging stations in poor and disadvantaged communities. Guys, I have been wanting a Tesla for over 11 years. And if the people of the United States that bought me that for my birthday, never bought it, I would probably not be able to afford one. So why would you ever think that it would be a good idea to put electric car charging stations in disadvantaged communities? I am very, very confused. This is so nuts. Like, how is this even happening? Like, who even thinks that's a good idea? Listen to what they're saying. The hood. Um, Rural and disadvantaged communities all clamoring for charging stations for their Teslas. You know they are. I see so many Teslas every time I'm in Nebraska. Out of touch doesn't even begin to describe what they're talking about here, of course. And it's always amazing to hear comments like that and then also hear a comment like this from Democrats. We know Republicans care more.
about you know uh, bridges than they do about people. We know that they really are not prepared to, to, to help in the human infrastructure, but we will not budge if they're not willing to compromise. It is not bipartisan if Republicans don't give an inch. They have given. Yeah, like why would you focus on roads and bridges and train lines and stuff like that when you need to focus on getting a lot of people out there to teach moms how to breastfeed, uh, how we can create government structured babysitting services so we can watch your babies and how we can vaccinate every single person like shut up we need to control their food their lactation and stuff like that that's way more important than a bridge people can swim nothing here nothing no republicans giving up quite a bit actually jumping up quite a bit from uh, half a trillion which is what they initially wanted to spend on infrastructure to closer to a trillion democrats like her are just enraged that the gop didn't happily accept their hilarious attempt to redefine infrastructure into essentially anything that they want human infrastructure. Hey, I'm Rob Finnerty. Thanks for watching. And think human infrastructure, they make it sound something so grand, but it's actually quite terrifying that you are their infrastructure. Think about it for a second. You are their infrastructure. Think about that again for a second. You are their infrastructure. It's kind of like <laughs> to serve man, right? Isn't that the, the um, scary phrase from that old movie? So I thought that I would show you guys um, a video uh, that's quite fascinating. So for those of you that are listening on podcast, that was like an old typish cartoon showing how you can take over the world. First, you get everyone sick right? Then you parade around all the dead and the sick. Then you introduce, a, oh, then you beat up the first, wait, you introduce the virus or the disease. Then you beat up and suppress any dissenters. Then what you do is you, um, kill the old, uh, parade the dead, uh, parade around the sick, you know, reminding you, you know, because normally in any pandemic, people have to remind you there's a pandemic since the people aren't dying. They're reminding you in a pandemic. No one has to remind you people are dying. They're just dying and you'd see them. Okay. Oh, but my mother, my father. Yeah. <laughs> do you know how many old people die from the flu? So then what you do is you introduce a vaccine and that vaccine, you can euthanize the old and control the new. And what's funny is, is that the hospitals are owned by the bank. You mean the corporations in the end, they own you. That is ultimately their attempts. They're so desperate because they don't have God in their life that they want to be God. And the only way to be God is for you to need them and praise them. But, you know, in the United States of America, well, the people of the United States of America have always been those that go against the grain. Always. They are the rebels, the true rebels. And we're seeing that now. We saw that with the election of President Trump, but we saw that with the actions of the people, too. The people speak. The people tell. And the people put their money and their livelihoods where their mouth is. They're so upset that the people have woken up that they're complaining about it, calling each other out. Take a listen to this. Spending in these states, 
doesn't translate into better educational outcomes. As Ryan Fazio notes in the New York Post, New York spends nearly twice as much per pupil as the national average. And yet, its fourth and eighth grade reading and math scores are no better than the national average. Things have reached a tipping point. Around 14,000 businesses left California between 2009 and 2019. This seems to have gotten worse in the past few years with Tesla, Apple, Charles Schwab, Facebook, Oracle, and Hewlett Packard all announcing significant relocations to or expansions in Texas. In 2021, the top-ranked states for running a business, according to CEOs, were Texas, Florida, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Indiana. The worst five were California, New York, Illinois, New Jersey, and Washington. The pandemic has opened up horizons for companies that are now thinking more aggressively about relocations, remote workforces, and flexible office locations. All this bodes poorly for blue states. And it's not just businesses that are leaving blue states. People are as well. For the first time on record, California's population actually decreased last year. Illinois was one of the few states to see its population shrink over the last decade. As the Wall Street Journal observes, it can't be the weather since every other Midwestern state actually gained people over the same period. Meanwhile, Texas and Florida together swelled by more than 6 million people. All of this, of course, translates into more political power. New York, California, Illinois, Pennsylvania, Michigan, West Virginia, and Ohio will all lose congressional seats, while Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Montana, Colorado, and Oregon will gain them. These shifts plus redistricting probably mean Democrats could lose the House even if they perform just as well in 2022 as they did in 2020. Liberals don't like to face squarely the issue of democratic incompetence. New York, for example, handled the pandemic disastrously at the state and city level. As Ryan Cooper has pointed out, New York State's COVID-19 deaths rose faster than any place on the planet at an equivalent point in their outbreaks. Its death rate per capita is almost 60% higher than Florida's. Yet New York's leaders were feted as heroes. In an extensive investigation of Governor Andrew Cuomo and Mayor Bill de Blasio, ProPublica paints a devastating picture of serious mistakes, the overruling of experts, combined with cover-ups and denial. In other words, many of the same errors for which Donald Trump was rightly excoriated. The Democratic Party wants more government now, for many good causes and reasons. But in order to gain the trust of people, it needs to first face up to its failures and work harder to show that it can effectively manage the governments it is already running. President Biden is doing that at the federal level. <laughs> at the local level, New York City would be a good place to start. Go to CNN. <laughs> Biden is doing that. Well, let's listen. So that was Fareed's take on CNN. The, what did he call it? Left. UGs. People are leaving leftist states in mass droves. They're making them poor. And you know, I remember when I was in Georgia this past weekend, I saw buildings being built. They were being developed. And you know, when big companies are developing, that means that they know something you don't.
And when you see places not being developed, <laughs> they also know something you don't. So if you notice, um, for those of you that are on the, on the, on the podcast, there was a map showing the Midwest and it showed like all these states gaining population, which included Ohio, by the way, but it showed that the population of Illinois shrank. So that's pretty interesting. Very interesting. So everyone is moving. The concern that you should have is that Silicon Valley is now moving to Texas. I said the Lone Star State is important because that's, that's where Texans need to start putting their foot down. Okay. Texans, put your foot down because it's not going to affect you now, but it will later. It totally will later. So on that note, I bid you guys goodbye. I will play one of my favorite videos that I have full and utter permission to, according to a video that Tom McDonald posted. And you can't cancel people that aren't owned or don't subscribe to groupthink and digital red string. But guess what? Every single one of you, well, you know, can't cancel me. I can't be canceled, there's no way that you can stop me. I'm fully independent, there's no label who can drop me. Y'all been starting rumors, let me help you with some. Yeah. He's a racist, he's a sexist, he's in love with Donald Trump. Y'all can't cancel me, my life is scandal free. There ain't no sponsors taking losses cause the brand is me. My hands are clean, my family and my fans agree. Y'all can't cancel me for facts because you're mad and weak. Go ahead and tell the world I'm ugly and racist. I braid my hair and I don't care about cultural appropriation. I moved to the ghetto, lived in the ghetto, there's no Caucasians. And still I loved every single one of my neighbors. How's a man say I'm clickbait? If he gonna use this face to get clicks on his page, y'all hypocrites are made. But I ain't tripping about these bullies, it ain't sixth grade. Go ahead and diss me trying to sell a couple mixtapes.